0: You've probably
1: heard the name Typhoid Mary before, but have you ever wondered where it came from? Like many of history's spookiest characters, the legend of Typhoid Mary actually comes from a very real woman, with an incredibly tragic backstory to match her name. Her
0: real name was Mary Mallon, and she worked in the 1800s as the private cook for a wealthy family. But shortly after she started working there, six of the 11 people living within the home were diagnosed with typhoid fever, an illness that is easily treated now,
1: but was still potentially fatal in many cases at the time. Now, interestingly, Mary herself never showed symptoms of the disease. But once it was realized that she was essentially an asymptomatic superspreader, as we call them today, she was put through a chain of events that led to her being placed in quarantine, on a remote island just off the coast of Manhattan named North Brother Island, where she eventually died 30 years later. Imagine a 30-year quarantine. Ah,
0: literally. And today, almost 100 years later, you can find whispers on the web that North Brother Island is haunted. It's said to be the home to the ghost of not only Typhoid Mary, but the ghosts of hundreds of others who died on that island
1: during the early 20th century. So today, let's take a trip to North Brother Island and figure out, is this place really haunted, or are we just dealing with another internet hoax?
0: Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your friendly neighborhood true believer in all things paranormal, maybe ready to get on the boat
1: to North Brother Island. And I am Eleanor, your perpetually stubborn skeptic. I'm not even going to lie. I don't know what joke I can make about typhoid. So. Yeah, there's not <laughs> really a, a lighthearted. I'm for the ride. Baby. Yeah.
0: Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we
1: dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might just scare ourselves into staying up all night. But one thing is for sure, we're glad to have you guys with us. I'm excited for a good old-fashioned ghost episode. Oh, my
0: God, me too. I'm excited to take a bit of a trip back in time, which is something we don't often do on IUL. We're looking at a very old story with a lot of historical backing potentially kind of rare for a show where we're often talking about things that supposedly happened all with the reveal at the end that, you know, it's a big internet mystery. The mystery today is going to be whether or not the ghost of the very person we're talking about haunts the island that she literally died on after quarantining there for decades. However, I'm excited to go into this story. It's really, really interesting.
1: I love our history episodes. I feel like I'm learning something. Although we've learned things on our sex raft episode, that is true, was also a historical occurrence. Everybody
0: loves the sex raft episode. Every time that I talk to anyone Mm -hmm. about my podcast, they're like, "Oh my god, the sex raft episode!" I did a video on the Stanford Prison Experiment, and everyone was like, "I loved your sex raft episode more." Sex raft. (laughs) Just like
1: guys, we talked about it. We actually go on a sex raft ourselves. (laughs) Anyone who wants to pick that up, uh, yeah, (laughs) here here we are. I promise. We're uh, cute in the face, too. (laughs) Not just (laughs) faces.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be.
0: Just a few miles away from Manhattan is a 13-acre piece of land located in the East River named North Brother Island. It's unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, as we'll be talking about later, closed to the public and is under constant police surveillance because it's within swimming distance of Rikers Island. Today, it looks like the scene of a post-apocalyptic movie. Vegetation runs wild, buildings in disarray, a completely abandoned place without any sign of life. Quite spooky. But it wasn't always that way. You see, North Brother Island was actually a landfill until 1885, when the city purchased North Brother Island in order to build Riverside Hospital. This is a bit of a tangent, but it's weird to like think about a landfill in the 1800s. Like, I know that they obviously had them but because our landfills of today are filled with like plastic mm-hmm. and you know stuff that they just wouldn't have had back then. I'm like, what did their trash look like?
1: That's actually, <laughs> <It's> actually <laughs> what did <interesting>. trash? <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> interesting. <laughs>
0: What did the trash of the 1800s look like? That's the next episode. Really A bunch of, like tuna cans and stuff. I don't even know. <laughs> did they even have like yeah. aluminum? <laughs> I, I don't no that's idea. the thing. I have no idea. I have no concept. So the city purchases North Brother Island to build this hospital, Riverside Hospital, and it is a hospital for people suffering from contagious diseases such as typhus, tuberculosis, yellow fever, and smallpox. The hopes were to isolate these sufferers to stop the spread of infectious diseases, while also providing around-the-clock treatment of the ill. It seems like a super respectful way to deal with the curbing of the spread, especially given the time, until you learn that many, many, many of the patients of Riverside hospital
1: were held there against their own will speaking of the most well-known resident of the island was of course our girl mary mallon popularly known as typhoid mary she had the unfortunate distinction in the united states of being the first known asymptomatic carrier of the bacteria that causes typhoid fever Mary was quarantined in Riverside Hospital in 1907 after investigations by medical authorities revealed that seven of the eight families she worked for as a cook had experienced typhoid fever outbreaks. Honestly, like during COVID, we had to Mm -hmm. all like say if we've been exposed to somebody or, you know, we had like kind of a network of information. To me, it's almost impressive that they sort of followed this through line to discover
0: Yeah. It was Mary.
1: Really unfortunate for Mary, but I suppose fortunate for these other families.
0: Right. I mean, especially when you're considering this is an asymptomatic super spreader who was Mm -hmm. handling food. Exactly. The worst career field for everyone involved. But thank (laughs) God they found out. True. Truly.
1: Now again, Mary herself never showed any of the symptoms of typhoid fever, which include poor appetite, headaches, aches and pains, high fever and diarrhea, and also occasionally death. And as a working class cook in the 1900s, not even having a headache is insane. She was like, her genes, her uh, immune system, swole as hell, okay?
0: Like, literally. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Imagine working as a cook, a private cook for a family, and, like, leaving the day, like, I feel energized. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a headache. I have a headache if I look at the light on my screen for too long. Like, you know? Exactly.
1: Now, this first quarantine only lasted three years. Mary was released in 1910 with explicit instructions not to return to her job as a cook because she wasn't, like, cured of being a super spreader, right? Here's the thing, though. Mary didn't really understand what asymptomatic meant, okay? She believed she didn't have typhoid fever at all. It was all a mistake. She thought, if I don't feel sick, I'm not sick. And she went back to work as a cook. What do you think happened? More outbreaks of typhoid fever literally every single place she went. And seemingly she didn't really care because (laughs) it wasn't until 1915 where she was forced to quarantine again, this time on North Brother Island, For the five years in the interim, she was just just super spreading, I guess. She did, as we said, remain there until she died from pneumonia in 1938, all the while believing that she had been unfairly detained. She never believed them that she was truly a super spreader of typhoid fever. It's believed that nobody ever even tried explaining to Mary what being asymptomatic meant. What do we think?
0: Well, okay, so she was on North Brother. She was at Riverside Hospital on North Brother for three years, right? They release her. They don't bother explaining to her, like, what
1: the phrase asymptomatic means. I, like, how? Like, I don't know. Like, you're telling me she was there in her first quarantine for three years. And she just every day was like, I don't know why I'm here. And they were just like, me neither. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's, like, crazy, yeah. Like, she would have also seen seven of eight families before she even went back to quarantine all got typhoid fever and it kept happening after she came out of quarantine yep and she still at this point didn't believe or understand even in the slightest i don't know how educated people were on germs in like the late 1800s but seemingly the doctors at least understood what was happening Like, who believes that it was never explained? Is that, like, the historical? I think, yeah,
0: I think that it's not like there are, like, medical records being like, and we didn't tell Mary what it meant when we told her she was ill. I think it's more so that there isn't, like, a lot of understanding. And also, the Riverside Hospital on North Brother Island was kind of notorious for, like we said earlier, like, people were held there against their will. It didn't exactly have the best rap. So Mary could be there talking to other patients who were like, I don't know why I'm here, like, you know. And so maybe she, too, was like, well, maybe they're lying.
1: I don't feel sick, so why would I be sick? Listen, I'm not going to drag up my girl Mary from her grave, okay? I'm, like, sure she experienced some really terrible things on this island during all of her quarantines. It would be really scary to not... I mean, now we understand what being asymptomatic means, right? Right. But back then, that would be such a confusing explanation. Like, we know you don't feel sick, but you're getting all these other people sick. It makes sense that you wouldn't really understand it. Yeah. That said, you see seven out of eight families go down. You go back to being a cook. I'm sorry. There aren't other occupations that you could pursue or explore. It just seems a little... Again, sorry, Mary, girl, if you're rolling, I apologize, but it seems a little confusing to me that she would witness these events with her own eyes and then continue to cook for families that were actively getting sick one after the next after the next.
0: Yeah, I guess it could feel like medical gaslighting before the word gaslighting was even Mm -hmm. a thing. You know what I mean? Maybe she just did not think anything was wrong, but simultaneously, like, what was it? Just a ton of people have died. I think we're well into the teens now of
1: people that have died. It's giving anti-masker. Like, it's just, it's giving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're just literally saying, like, please don't cook food for people. You're, like, making all these people sick. You're killing these people. And she's like, nope.
0: I'm sorry to drag our girl. But, like, do you think Mary Mallon would have been, like, when she walked into the Walmart and they were like, ma'am, you have to wear a mask. She would have been like, it's my constitutional right. Is she one of those?
1: It's really hard to say how much information she had. It is hard to say. But... If you were detained for years and years, and the only thing they ask is like, "Please stop getting people sick," yeah, and you're like, "I will do the one thing that you have told me not to do. I will cook, and I will continue to get people sick for the next five years, and I will move to a new family when that family has developed typhoid fever. It just seems like a lot."
0: You know, I will say that I agree with you. There, it is a lot. Over the years, visitors to the island, you know the people, the ones who brave the river and all the police boats and all of the posted warnings against trespassers, have reported seeing the spirit of Mary Mallon, who apparently wanders the corridors of the crumbling old hospital. The sightings of today are not unfounded because while the hospital was still running, there was a story of an orderly who followed the woman, Mary Mallon's spirit supposedly, down into a corridor only to see her walk into one of the rooms. Thinking that one of the patients had gotten out of her room, the orderly rushed down the hall and entered the exam room she had just seen someone enter only to find no one there. Sightings like these are reportedly pretty common, but it's not just Mary Mallon that has been seen on the island because it turns out that there have been more tragedies on this island than the imprisonment of Typhoid Mary. Up next, we'll be talking about those other tragedies and the alleged hauntings of North Brother Island.
2: The floorboards creak, the walls, they moan. The house seems vacant, but you're not alone. This October, ParCast invites you to celebrate the spookiness of the Halloween season with all new episodes of Haunted Places. From an infamous murder farm in Indiana to the ghostly tombs and palaces of ancient Egypt, visit the world's most haunted destinations and find out what happens when a soul leaves the body but doesn't leave the grounds. Enjoy new episodes of Haunted Places all month long, free, and only on Spotify.
0: In 1904, a few years before Mary's arrival at the hospital, a tragedy took place on North Brother Island. In fact, this tragedy was considered the biggest loss of life in New York City until 9-11. On June 14th, 1904, a church group took the ship, General Slocum, for a women and children's picnic trip to Long Island. As it sailed along the East River, a fire suddenly broke out in one of the vessel's machine rooms. But by the time the captain noticed the fire, it was too late. The fire quickly spread to other parts of the Slocum, including a cabin filled with gasoline. The boat eventually sank near North Brother Island and 1,021 people had died. For hours after the tragedy, bodies continued to wash up on the island shore and the beaches were strewn with victims. For decades after the Slocum fire, people living on the island spoke of seeing the victims' ghosts wandering the grounds, weeping for their lives and the lives of the loved ones lost in that very fire. And today, it's said that at certain hours of the day, you can see the ghosts of the Slocum Fire walking the shores of North Brother Island.
1: As the years went on, the need for a quarantine hospital like Riverside Hospital went away entirely. By World War II, the hospital became housing for war veterans because of an ongoing housing crisis in the U.S. Once the crisis ended, the island was abandoned again for around a decade before a drug rehabilitation center for teenagers was opened. Although this facility said it offered a range of treatments for its patients, it's been described as a, quote, very medieval institution. Heroin addicts were locked in a solitary room until they were clean, without any treatment whatsoever. Many of the teens claimed after they were released that they were in fact held there against their will. This facility was forced to close in 1964 after rumors of staff corruption. Now since then, the island has sat completely abandoned, and today the creepy ruins of 12 different buildings and Riverside Hospital remain, overgrown with kudzu vines. The only residents today, oh my God, scariest thing of all time, are the birds. Oh, my God, the birds. Literally an overrun creepy island full of birds. This is the worst (laughs) thing we've ever talked about on the podcast. This is a hellscape. (laughs) This is the scariest. If I don't perform kindly and empathetically in my life, this is where I will end up. I will slip down into the underworld as soon as I perish. That is how It will be this bird infested island. If you like birds, you're probably like, okay, well, this sounds kind of cute. And today, North Brother Island is recognized as a wildlife sanctuary for many birds, such as the black-crowed night heron and barn swallows. Both sound evil to me. Can't (laughs) convince me otherwise. The island is so remote and so devoid of normal life that there aren't even any mammals on the island. It's like the only place in New York without rats. Today, it's illegal
0: to visit the island without permission from the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation. And even then, one of their escorts still has to tag along. Trust me when I tell you, I looked into the process. It's like a huge waiting list. You can only get on it certain months out of the year, and then you still have to be escorted. It's a whole thing. Still, urban explorers and photographers have found their way onto the island one way or another, and they say there really is no other experience like it. And I really believe that. Can you even imagine? You know what this reminds me of? Is the Flintstones Amusement Park in, what was it, Arizona?
1: That's now like a wildlife sanctuary for birds. I didn't know that's what it was. Really? No. Yeah. Dude, we, like, we talked about going. I was never given this information. (laughs) I don't think that I knew at the time that we talked about going.
0: At the time, like, I couldn't find hours or anything like that, so we never went to the Flintstones little area. I guess that the Flintstones messaging is just gone. And now it's a rehabilitation center for birds. Wait, like everything there is completely gone too? No, they kept all the stuff, but they took out anything that was like licensed to the Flintstones. Okay. That makes any sense. But it's like the little like houses that they had and like stuff like that. Interesting. So the urban explorers and photographers are like, hey, this place is crazy. And they say that there's the surreal feeling that you get as you walk through the island, surrounded by trees and birds of all kinds, where you really forget that you're literally in the middle of New York City. These very same explorers have so many stories to tell about hauntings that they've experienced, even more so than just Typhoid Mary or the Slocum victims. Some visitors report screams coming from the ruins of Riverside Hospital. That would be where I left. You hear a <laughs> scream from inside the hospital? I'm out, baby. Now, there is a lot of noise coming from across the water at Rikers Island for sure. But the noises heard on North Brother are way too close to be coming from the prison
1: that is on Rikers Island. I'm sorry, like, aren't there boats going around this island and stuff still? Probably, yeah. Right? And you're on a completely silent... Patch of land that it's just you and a guide. You'd yeah. hear so much and it would sound so close.
0: Whispers, unexplained movement, glowing orbs, and aberrations of people in hospital gowns have also been reported. And if you look out to North Brother Island from Manhattan at nighttime, perhaps you'll even catch a glimpse of spirits walking the land. Dun, dun, dun! I think that if the option to visit North Brother was available, I would probably take them up on it, if not for all of the wild, rampant birds. You're saying
1: you wouldn't go because of the birds? Yeah. I got attacked I definitely by feel the twice, same. and <laughs> I, I can't go same. back.
0: Wait, twice? Yeah, a bird pooped on my head at Universal. Oh, the That was an attack. The that attack. was a
1: personal attack.
0: <laughs> the other one was an actual bird flying into my head at Coachella. I took the poop on my head as an attack. I was at Universal. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I would never go. Okay, if the birds were not a problem, would you go? Like, if the birds weren't there? I mean... Or do you have any interest in that sort of thing?
1: I do. This is not one of the places that screams haunted to me. Mm -hmm. It screams creepy because people were held there against their will for decades. And, like, there are all these tragedies that surround the island. But I have not personally heard anything that would lead me to think, like, I gotta go investigate the hauntings myself. I think because it's so close to things like Rikers and even New York City. And, like, there are boats and cruises and stuff. I would assume that everything I was hearing or experiencing was an outside source or a bird.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're hearing like screaming noises, even, even if you did hear that from within the hospital, birds make weird sounds, dude. Yeah. Like animals just make weird noises. Exactly. I think, yeah. And I think that if one bird flapped or talked a little bit too hard, mm-hmm. you know, like made noises, I would just like freak out and yeah. like there
1: would be nowhere to go, nowhere to take shelter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They're like, there are these bumps and weird noises. And I'm like, you're literally on an island with hundreds to thousands of Animals. It is kind of crazy that no mammals are over there because they just can't, like, get there. A rat crawls onto a cruise ship. He makes new life
0: on North I brother. was going to say, if there
1: were just, like, two rats, it would just be, oh, my God, disastrous immediately. I wonder, honestly, if that's part of the reason why they don't allow anybody to go without a guide. Like, obviously, a lot of these abandoned places you're not supposed to go anyway. But I do wonder if it's, like, the wildlife is so fragile because it's I think it so... Is ostracized from everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, I walked away from this. I knew nothing about the Slocum boat and all of that stuff that went down with all of those people dying. I could not believe that over a
1: thousand people died.
0: I had no idea.
1: I actually did know that because I've talked about this on the podcast before. I had a phase in my life where I would just read Wikipedia articles on historical tragedies. You're incredible. It became my absolute fascination. Like it had to be pretty old so I wouldn't be sad. But I read so many articles about things like shipwrecks or like things like that. So I was actually familiar, but I did not know it tied into typhoid Mary locationally in any way. Like, geez. Listen, I think that every single hospital
0: is haunted in some capacity. Sorry, if a lot of people are dying there, I always walk away thinking that they're a little bit haunted. I feel like... You know, I'm always going to be the true believer of the podcast sitting here saying that I think that there are ghosts, but I don't see why there wouldn't be. We just haven't seen any like, you know, there's older stories, but there's not like modern day tales. You know what I mean? People are just Mm -hmm. saying, I heard screams. I saw orbs like me, too. You know,
1: this is also one of those examples of a place where people are going to see things because they want to. Mm -hmm. Every single person who is going to this island has either made the effort to do it illegally or has waited on a wait list for months and months to try to get on, like, they're going to see something. They're going to hear something. They're going to experience something, right? It's, like, built up. We want to know what you guys think of this episode. Have you ever heard of the tragedies surrounding North Brother
0: Island? And do you believe it could be haunted? Let us know all over social media with hashtag Gruesome Twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify.
1: Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bug and at Snitchery. And support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from ParCast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Meira and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Jed Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and
0: Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome.